Mac Jones is ripped. The Celtics may actually trade for Kevin Durant, and The Ringer has a new Boston show. I'm Brian Barrett, the host of Off the Pike, the show covering all things Boston sports. I'll have shows multiple times a week covering your favorite teams and with your favorite Ringer and local guests. Plus, maybe Bill will stop by to rant about the Sox. Follow Off the Pike with me, Brian Barrett, now on Spotify. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive. You can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. My name is Danny Heifetz and I am joined by Danny Kelly and Craig Korolbeck and today we are going over all the rises and fallers from preseason week two and again important notice here the preseason is just the preseason if it forces you to like change your beliefs but if it confirms your existing beliefs the preseason is very important so that's what we're going through today I mean in all seriousness it is helpful to go through and we'll talk about why but before we do that, we also want to let you guys know we're going to do adding a mailbag episode this week, and we're going to be going four episodes a week until the season. So enjoy that and email us at ringerfantasyfootballgmail.com if you want to try to get in our mailbag. Check that out. And also, we have our rankings at fantasyfootball.theringer.com, obviously. Okay. So we're doing risers and fallers here. I don't even know what to do with the first one. Maybe we should have this figured out. Riser, returner. Tom Brady is back with the Bucks, <laughs> but the Bucks he is risen. injured. Yeah. He is ris- yeah, it's like Jesus being resurrected, <laughs> I guess. So Brady returned to practice. He's been gone for like two weeks. This whole thing's been an absolute mystery. It's difficult to talk about because no one knows why he's gone. It's like you'd think that wild horses would have to drag Tom Brady right away from football. Apparently, it's not a health issue for Tom Brady. Apparently, it's been reported it's not a health issue for anyone within Tom Brady's family. Yet, for some reason, Brady just kind of disappeared for 11 days. We don't exactly know why, but he's back. And he's coming back to this decimated offensive line because they also they lost two more guys. So Aaron Stinney, who was probably going to start for them at left guard this year, tore his ACL. The right tackle, Tristan Wirfs, has an oblique injury. And so Aaron Stinney was already replacing Ali Marpet, who retired. Ryan Jensen, the starting center, has like a major knee injury and is out like months, not weeks. So I, I guess between Brady being gone, between the O-line turning over at this point like four or six linemen, depending how you count, and then... I mean, Chris Godwin's the receivers are supposed to be the injured one. Godwin with the ACL coming back. Mike Evans has the hamstring. DK, are you a little nervous about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Keep in mind, this man's 45 years old. Uh, that's the it's like we're not it's allowed like, to question Brady, but like what the hell old. is going on? So old. Tom Brady is the Donald Glover meme from Community where he walks into the room, <laughs> he's got pizzas, and it's like everything is on fire. Like <laughs> this is what's going on with this offensive line. We don't know what the hell they're going to do. Obviously, um, Brady has thrived throughout his whole career. 
you know, with dealing with pressure, getting rid of the ball quickly. Um, and I think his pressure rate over the years is related to the fact that he's just very smart and he gets rid of the football. But he also is a human being who likes to not get hit and he doesn't like to have pressure up the middle like any quarterback in the NFL. So I do think this matters. I mean, like, honestly, he had one of the better offensive lines in the NFL last year. That's a huge, huge advantage for them, especially for a guy who's now 45. He can't move at all. Um yeah, I'm starting to get a little bit worried. Like, I think this could be one of those things where we talk about it every offseason. It's like, oh, they can't have this much injury luck this year. Like, injuries swing seasons for so many teams. It's like just a matter. It's like a battle of attrition, all this. Are we just going to completely ignore it when it happens to Tom Brady's team? Or does it actually matter? I think it's probably the latter. Something about Brady has sapped us of critical thinking because basically <laughs> the fact that he left the Patriots and then he went to the Bucs and won a Super Bowl, like we're not allowed to really question this anymore. And I'm I at know. the point where we're like, if this wasn't Tom Brady, like this, if the Bucs do end up being bad, kind of like the way I feel about the Arizona Cardinals this year, like if the Cardinals are bad, we're going to look back and be like, obviously that was totally easy to see coming. And the Bucs feel the exact same way. And it also is paired with this... Uh, this thing the other, do you see what happened this weekend with the UFC where Dana White says that yes. the Raiders had a deal basically in place for to trade for Tom, or sorry, for Tom Brady to sign with the Raiders and Dana White like orchestrated it with the Raiders and then John Gruden nixed the deal at like the last second. And that's another who, L for John Gruden as if he couldn't take any more. Do you think Tom Brady was the one that leaked Gruden emails? He's just like freaking Emperor Palpatine. He's just got like. He's the godfather with, you know, the, the whatever. Like, he's just controlling all the strings everywhere and ev everything. You said force lightning, but then made a godfather reference, and you just totally lost me I for don't a know. moment. You remember uh, Attack of the Clones, Yoda? <laughs> Star Wars, you know, Attack of the Clones. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway. But no, the, I, I bring up the Raiders thing because it was interesting to me. One, because Tom Brady said that that was one the one where he did the HBO show with LeBron with the shop, and he was like, He's like, I'm not going to name names, but I couldn't believe this one team was like, you're sticking with that oh, motherfucker God. instead of me. Derek Carr was that motherfucker. Oh, but the other yeah. part of it reminded me is that it's not like Tom Brady's infallible. It's like Tom Brady didn't even see the Bucs as his first option. And you know what I mean? It's, he was going to go somewhere else. And so it just kind of reminded me of like how, I, even though it seems so easy that he went to Tampa Bay and they won the Super Bowl, actually a lot has to go right. The Bucs brought all 22 starters back last year and like they could, still couldn't even get in. I kind of feel like, I'm not saying the Bucs are going to be like a, a dumpster fire or anything, but I I, I think that there's going to be a lot more pains for this team than normal. Uh, I kind of think the Saints might win the division, to be totally honest with you. And It's a great I, bet. I, you guys love the Saints. I do. I also have it. So I almost would go the other way and say that it's kind of remarkable that he just kind of fell ass backward into the Bucks and then won a Super Bowl with them, even though yeah, they were not his is. top option. Um, do you guys think one like underrated stat about Tom Brady, something that kind of belies his age is his deep ball passing. He threw more 20 yard passes last year than anybody in the league. He He's just a better he deep passer than he was 20 years ago. Right. And so now with this offensive line, like, are we worried that Brady's going to kind of go back to just like dump off Edelman? Like, is he going to be Ben Roethlisberger this year with this offensive line? Mm. Or do you still feel confident in his deep ball ability? I think that's an excellent question. I'm curious what you think, DK. <laughs> I was going to say, that's a good question. I don't know. I'm just foisting that, yeah. it off onto somebody else. <laughs> How Honestly, the fuck am I yeah, supposed I think, to know, man? I think yeah. the short answer is yes. I mean, I think that like Mike Evans, the combo of all of this has to bump Mike Evans down a little bit. Like a month ago, we lo I, I thought Mike Evans was like a second rounder because, uh, and I'm talking like 18th because back when I thought Chris Godwin might miss what like half half a season and they hadn't signed Julio and the offensive line hadn't been decimated at four of their five spots and Tom Brady was actually at practice. Mike Evans seemed great, and now it's like, well, you got to bump Mike Evans like I don't know, 
10 spots or so, at least for the combo of the line's bad and Brady's randomly gone and Mike Evans himself has this nagging injury. That's tough. Leonard Fournette, I feel like with, you know, we, we, we like as like a late second rounder because we think he might have like a three down back potential, but even Rashad White, the running back there for DK, I'm curious if you think that Rashad White might take more of the snaps there than we thought originally. I don't know though, because a rookie running back getting work when Brady wasn't there, is Brady going to come in and be like, no, 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 not for me. But I'm, know, scared, I'm scared more about everybody here is my point. Well, yeah. And like getting back to like the preseason that we watched over the weekend, Number one, Leonard Fournette played quite a bit longer than anyone was expecting. He played multiple series, and, and we're That's all like, "Because they're Why trying to burn off calories." <laughs> yeah, Put yeah. Yourself in a shape. Just shock the shock the muscles, shock the system. It was a hit workout. That's what it was. Yeah, and then the other part of this equation is Rashad White. I guess like jumps, hopscotched several players, and is now essentially the number two guy in this offense in this in this running back group. And so, and he's looked really good by the way, and he's a good pass catcher. Um, yeah, I mean, I think there's just more uncertainty with everybody on the Buccaneers right now than there ever has been throughout this whole offseason. Like, we we were so confident about the guys that we were confident about. And, and now I'm just, like, questioning everything. So that's that's where we are right now. But everybody fully be prepared for Brady to throw for four touchdowns in week one. <laughs> yeah, with that yeah. said, he's going to... I mean, they're going to win the Super Bowl again. So <laughs> Not a lot of criticism on Brady. Okay. Speaking of Super Bowl... <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, DK. If you didn't <laughs> say it, I would have. There was a... There was a tweet this weekend that was like, everybody keeps betting on the Steelers to win the Super Bowl. There's a surprising amount of Steelers Super Bowl bets. And I'm like, just stares at Craig. Emptying my bank account. (laughs) I hate those headlines that are like, oh, like this is how much MVP money. Because I always feel like, you know what happened? Not that many people are placing the futures bets at a a specific sports book. And then like a bachelor party of dudes from Chicago rolls in. (laughs) And then like 12 guys all put a MVP bet on Trubisky. And then it's like, Mitchell Trubisky, most bet guy. It's like, yeah, because 12 dudes from Chicago put it down. Anyway. (laughs) joke. Anyway, we're talking about Kenny Pickett. I was going to (laughs) say, speaking of Trubisky though, Trubisky started for the Steelers in the preseason. Mm Mm-hmm. And then Kenny Pickett came in, and Craig, I'll let you do a little victory dance here because Kenny Pickett is uh, 17 of 22 in the preseason. Yeah, he was six for seven. My only issue was that he only played eight snaps in this game. Like, I wish he played more. He it's basically like all they needed one... to see. Yeah, he came in for one, like, two-minute <laughs> drill, marched down, scored a touchdown, and that was kind of it. And Trubisky had such a Trubisky play where he oh scrambled God. around for, like, 10 seconds in the backfield. Kept mashing the button. Ball. He kept mashing the spin <laughs> button to see if it yeah. keeps working. You know? Launched some prayer, almost got picked off, and then Pickett comes in and, once again, looks competent and confident on the field. I think I felt confident about this three weeks ago when we met our bet, but he's going to be the number two guy. And he I, I think I will, I will admit defeat on that already. I, I really felt like Kenny Pickett would enter the season as the number three. He's clearly obviously going to be the number two and he has so much juice. I think at this, at this point, the question is going to be is, is Trubisky, uh, Trubisky will be the week one starter. I'm still very confident about that. I think the Steelers offensive line, we all knew it was bad. It, it's, it's, it might be even worse than we thought. I mean, it's, it's a disaster. I mean, uh, it's it's weird to look at stats for a whole preseason game because like it's the first it's different the second, players. And third team. Yeah. yeah, it's like different players going in, so you don't know. But if you take away the two best runs the Steelers had in this game, they had like twelve carries for three yards. That seems bad. <laughs> that's rough. And, like you know, you want to know why that's the case? It's because they freaking they're still running Benny Snell and Anthony McFarland out there, both of whom are just come on. 
But they also had like two two of their starting linemen playing like for like multiple quarters. <laughs> like I don't know. Anyway, my point is that I think that Kenny Pickett I don't think is going to start for the team early, and it's going to be a question of. I don't know if they can protect Kenny Pickett, and I still do stand by that the Steelers have more patience than other teams. Um, and I kind of yeah, think maybe. they're probably a little worried they're going to get him killed. But I will admit, Kenny Pickett I, I, thus far has looked fantastic. I think, yeah, the important thing to to take away from the preseason game, and of course, as Craig said, he didn't play very much, but he was very composed. He was efficient. He looked like very confident running the offense, like distributing the football, getting it to his playmakers. And like the biggest thing that I took away, not not only did Kenny Pickett look really good or at least like relative to what we maybe were expecting from him. Um, but man, it just was a reminder to me how good the receivers are on this team. They had Chase Claypool running. I think it was like 90% of his routes, 14 out of 60 or something like that out of the slot, which is kind of like perfect for him, right? He had major struggles last year and he was like, they're trying to make him into a number one. But the truth is, he's probably best as a big slot, like a power slot, as Nate Tice likes to say. A guy that can like win matchups against linebackers, the slot fade, do things over the middle of the field, like Ugh, drop, I drop love into the like, slot position. Ugh. He's just like a natural for that. I'm actually like, I find myself being more bullish on Chase Claypool after this, this off, uh, watching this game. I don't know if he's necessarily going to rock it up the, the ranks or anything, but I was starting to kind of like just give up on him. Um, in my mind. Well, wait, um, would you rather then, have George Pickens or Chase Claypool? If well, that's what I was going to get to is I still think George Pickens is a star in the making. So I would prefer to draft George Pickens. He's going to be in on every snap. He's playing the outside like he is their ex guy. Um, and then Deontay Johnson, by the way, also looked really good. He scored a touchdown that got called back by hold. Um, he was breaking guys off with like really crisp routes. He just looks good. He just like he looks like a, a savvy vet, like, very good route runner. So they have three really good receivers. Pat Fryer-Ruth had a couple big catches, like one down the seam that was a big explosive plays down the seam. And then, of course, we haven't even seen Najee. Like, they have so many good skill players. and if They Pickett, have the best young supporting cast in the league. If Pickett could just be, statement. like, a game manager, like, a confident game manager, like, we could get more out of this team, I think, than maybe we were expecting coming into the year. When the first, Craig said that last week, too, the Steelers are the best young supporting cast in the NFL, and I kind of was like, God, what an annoying fan thing to say. <laughs> I have to say, though, I do think a year from now we might feel that way, because I I, yeah. I, I I will admit, George, there's a world that George Pickens is, like, actually a top 10 receiver by the end of the year, and if that happens, if Chase Claypool isn't just a knucklehead, like, they, the, the actual physical talent that they've accrued is pretty insanely overwhelming. Yeah. Which is why this Kenny Pickett stuff is so exciting because I think now we can at least assume that he can be as good as Ben Roethlisberger was last year at the very least. Right. You know what I mean? I, I, I don't think any quarterback on the Steelers this year will be worse than Ben was last year, which I know isn't saying a ton, but it's kind of a big deal already that we're in week two of the preseason and I can already confirm. Kenny Pickett can at least replace Mitch Trubisky and will be fine. That's kind of a huge step considering where he was in training camp two weeks ago. And then at running back, the Seahawks. So the Seahawks drafted Ken Walker yep. in the second round this year. Ken Walker is getting hernia surgery. So they were like, oh, I'll be back for week one. And then they're like, ah, no timetable, which probably means he's not going to play in week one. One, does this does this affect, are you more willing to draft Rashad Penny now? Our beloved Yeah, Rashad I mean, Penny? I think, look, I, I, as a podcast, I believe we've been sort of higher on Penny than ADP because we believe... Based on what we're hearing from from Seahawks training camps and just based on the way that he played last year, that he is the starter. He's going to be the 1A for sure. Um, and then I, we were kind of, I, I think, assuming that Walker would spell him, maybe like rotate drives or whatever. Um, the one thing that's still holding me back from getting too hyped up about Penny, though, is like the Seahawks are still utilizing Travis Homer and DJ Dallas in third down situations. So 
on a bad offense that's probably not going to score a ton of touchdowns, Penny might not get much passing game work. Which remind sucks. me, DK, when Penny was going crazy in the final five weeks of the season last year, were they using DJ Dallas and Homer on third downs? Uh, off the top of my head, not very much. I think they were like going to him quite a bit. I think obviously the big difference though is that Russell Wilson was the quarterback at the time. But they were still pretty bad offensively. Well, no, they were pretty good down the stretch, actually. Like, overall, as an offense, that's when they really started clicking. And that's like, you know, things started going really well for them when they started getting more explosives on the ground. Russell Wilson was, like, starting to come back from his finger injury and starting to look better. Um, overall, their offense was pretty good over that, like, five or six-game stretch. So um, I think the assumption is, with a lot of people, that the Seahawks offense will be much, much worse than it was down the stretch for last year. So we can't really expect that. Um, yeah, you're right. The last three games of the season... Uh, Wilson, looking at his numbers, kind of did bounce back. Yeah, and I don't remember like off the top of my head how much they were really going with uh, with Homer and Dallas, but I, it, I just based on memory, it was like really heavy, heavy. Like Rashad Penny was getting most of the touches, and they were beating up on bad teams. They played the Texans, Bears, Lions, and Cardinals before the last five yeah. games of the season, so yeah. it kind of worked out. They played Russell Wilson in the Broncos Week One. That's incredible. <laughs> That's gonna be interesting. The the Seahawks have looked. This has been like the worst team. In the preseason. Like, preseason is always a little bit like, God, these teams yeah, look terrible. Yeah, yeah. The Seahawks look inept. Completely inept. I don't know. It's, it's going to be bad. Is Pete Carroll the coach of the Seahawks in 2023? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Well, they can't get... They, it's tricky for them to get rid of them because the, the ownership <laughs> situation, like, he kind of just runs the team. I mean... It's not like he has more power than Belichick, but like kind of like as a person, like, I don't know, at the end of the day, at least the Patriots are still Bob Kraft's team. Like the, the Seahawks have a weird ownership situation. I just can't imagine Pete Carroll drafting like Bryce Young and he's like 72 years old and he's like going to start fresh with Bryce Young. And I, don't know, I just don't see it. <laughs> That's like their best case scenario. The worst is they're like, no, we don't need Bryce Young. They're middling. Running back to help Drew yeah. Locke. Okay. Oh God. Kick off week one with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Join today to get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up with the promo code RINGERFANTASY to get in on the action, and then you can turn game day into payday all season long. Okay, bet for week one. The Giants are getting five and a half points against the Titans, but I don't care about the line. I want to bet I'm, the Giants' money line. They're plus 200. Here's the thing. The Giants have not been over 500 in five years. But like, here's my concern. They also play the Cowboys in week three in Sunday football. So I feel like if they don't beat the Titans in week one, I'm a little nervous that they'll just go a six consecutive season having not been over 500. So am I crazy two to one odds? Actually, now that I say it, that's not enough odds for the Giants to beat the Titans. They're going <laughs> to, wow, it's a terrible bet. I don't mind it. Maybe let's take the spread. I'll get, I'll get the five enough points. I'll take the five yeah. and a half. Hedge. Play your way and bet on more than just the final score. Wager on everything from touchdowns to total yards to catches. And you can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. Don't fumble your chance to get $150 in free bets. Win or lose with promo code RINGERFANTASY. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 plus in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable free bets that expire 14 days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fandle.com 
Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Virginia. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash Connecticut. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369 in New York. Tennessee red line is 1-800-889-9789 Tennessee. 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Or visit www.1800gambler.net in West Virginia. It's too easy. Did you guys hear? I don't know if you listen back anymore, but I played like a little... Like like a what's the little like kazoo sound and then like <laughs> like kids cheering. <laughs> I did that. Or like in Halo when you do love the, it. This is a deep cut, but you know, get all the skulls in Halo and you could like shoot a grunt in the head and like would be like a birthday party. I don't know that people like. We're gonna have to adjust your contract. Percent of the people listening are like yeah. freaking out and they know exactly yeah. what I'm talking about. Anyway, by the way, we got a lot of love on the on the bonk sound effect. The bonk, like yeah. We're gonna have people love sound effects. Forward. Craig, we got to just do sound effects every show. People love. No, no, I like keeping the people wanting more. I think less is more with sound effects. <laughs> I, I stand by that. So, so basically, you want to bonk DK for the sound effects, like bonk too horny yes. for sound effects. Okay. Bonk, yeah, you're, bonk. you're literally too horny for sound effects. All right, wow. someone's getting bonked here. All right, another follower is Antonio Gibson for Washington. Uh, he's just, just saved, every episode, just pencil in us talking about how Antonio well, Gibson further. is falling. Every, it's, uh, not, we, we try not to repeat this, but like he's every time it's getting worse and worse. This time, Brian Robinson is the Alabama running back. At this point, DK, would you actually draft Brian Robinson, the rookie from Alabama, ahead of Antonio Gibson outright? <laughs> I mean, it's... I literally put them right next to each other in the ranks because I, I think right now we still don't have enough information to know if he is officially not the starter. Like, so much happens during the preseason where teams are trying to light a fire under players' asses or whatever. Like, there's a lot of different things that go on in the preseason. You can't, ever, you can't believe what you see with every single, like, snap that happens in preseason games. However, the overwhelming like momentum that is happening here is that Brian Robinson is going to be the early down starter for the Washington uh, commanders. And then Gibson is going to, I guess probably be like a one B slash rotational guy on early downs. Maybe they try and get him more involved in the passing game. Basically here's what happened over the weekend. Uh, Antonio Gibson returned the opening kickoff for Washington, which he, by the way, played zero special team snaps for Washington last year. Uh, and then Brian Robinson got the start. This is a, like, sirens going off. Like, this is a massive, massive potential thing that's happening for a guy who, at one point, I think was, like, in our top 20 running backs. I don't exactly remember where he was, but, <clears throat> but yeah, obviously now he might not even be the starter. Um, Gibson <laughs> did get more involved in the passing game in this game, but the big variable here is J.D. McKissick was not playing. So, in theory, J.D. McKissick is actually the guy that's playing on third downs, not not Robinson, or sorry, not Gibson. So, long story short, by the time the season starts, it would not be a very big surprise now to have rookie Brian Robinson being the early down starter with J.D. McKissick playing third downs and then Antonio Gibson doing a little bit of everything and mixing in. And we don't really know exactly how it's going to look. But, Bottom line is you absolutely have to move him down. Like there's no other option at this point. The vibes are terrible. If somebody told me that there's a running back competition between a third round wide receiver from Memphis versus a third round Alabama running back, <laughs> um, I wouldn't be surprised if the Alabama guy wins the job by, I don't know, week two. Yeah. Well, also Gibson was the starting running back for Washington last year. I wish I had thought of, I just thought of this, but I, 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 I wish I'd looked it up earlier. 
I, has there ever been a, a starting running back entering the next season who like returned kickoffs in the, in the second preseason game? <laughs> like in the opening kickoff of the I game? I mean, probably. Starting running back? Yeah. Before? Probably, but maybe I would guess not a guy that's like not done it before. <laughs> like, like that's, you know yeah, I mean? exactly. It's like guys who were <laughs> kick returners, but like right. a guy who wasn't kick returning. And he's, this is a disaster. So I guess to be, we keep talking about this. So let's just cut to the nuts and bolts. Would you take Antonio Gibson in the top 100? No, I'm fade. I'm like a full fade of Gibson at this point. I'm just not taking him. Yeah, he's a place no world. Yeah, DK, you have Antonio Gibson 102nd overall and Brian Robinson right after him 103rd. But like, all right, so now we're having no running back on Washington in the top 100. Is that correct? Or is it impossible to tell it eventually one will be in the top 100, but we just can't figure out who. We just can't. It's like we can't endorse either of these guys. It's kind this of This is the disaster backfield. No, no. This, look, I, this is where I think this is all going. I think this is the disaster backfield. Like, like <laughs> there's every possible. year, like obviously there's 32 backfields and most, like you want a piece of, you know, any of them, but every year there's two or three that you're like, ugh. And usually it's a really bad team with a three-way backfield. And like this year, you don't want Gibson because someone's going to just take him just because he's ranked higher on the site you're drafting on. So Gibson's not going to be the guy you want. Brian Robinson will be the, probably the guy you want. But even if he does become the starter, he's going to need all the goal line work. So that'll be fine. But also realistically, you're also talking about J.D. McKissick as the third option here, who's ultimately a check down passing option for Carson Wentz, who um, famously just fucks up all the time because he doesn't check down. So... <laughs> <laughs> like Tatum McKissick's entire value oh, was because boy. he played with Alex Smith, who was the checkdown king. I don't think McKissick's going to be particularly valuable. And I'm the only guy I would even touch with a ten foot pole here is Brian Robinson. The thing I was going to add to this whole discussion is like uh, people are going to say people are going to push back and say like, look, Brian Robinson, he had over a thousand. Or sorry, Antonio Gibson's like he had over a thousand yards. We're overthinking it. This is stupid. Why are we doing this? But the coaches it, hate him. That's why the coach it's in reality. Like it's the coaching staff is telling us like there's a lot of clues here. Number one, everything that they've said in the media has been basically like Brian Robinson or sorry, kind of keep missing it, mixing up. Antonio Gibson needs to run harder. He needs to stop fumbling. We want to try and get him involved in space. If you're reading between the lines, it's very easy to see that they, they just like Brian Robinson, the rookie out of Alabama more as a between the tackles follow the correct lane, hold on to the football, move the chains. And by the way, Brian Robinson has looked really good in the preseason. He's a good player. Um, so I don't know. It's To me, it's just like all signs point to the team just trusting Brian Robinson more to like do the do the like A to B. Like maybe, maybe Antonio Gibson is like, so in a running back's rush lane, it's like you go from A to B and you have to follow your blocks and make the right decisions, make the right cuts. And then everything you do from B to C is like, that's great. That's extra. That's a cherry on top. And maybe Antonio Gibson is better from B to C where he can get out in the open field and explode and, and make big plays. Because he's a receiver. Right. And he runs a 4-3. But Brian Robinson, who runs like a 4-5 or 4-6 or whatever, is just better from A to B. And that's more important to the commander's coaching staff because that's just that that's the offense they want to run. So are the commanders officially the team with the 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 lead running back that you would draft last in the NFL. It used to be Texans with Damian Pierce, but now it seems that it, it might be Washington. I think so, because Damian Maybe. Pierce is officially a starter for Houston now, and like I don't love the idea of having the Texas starting running back, but he looks better, and I mean, right. I, 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 I would take Damian Pierce for Brian Robinson. I would take Brian Robinson first among, so yeah, I, I think so. Do you agree, DK? Yeah, I think Damian Pierce is like one of my favorite now values because uh, as we saw over the weekend, he got the starters treatment against the Rams. Like basically people were like all excited about him playing. Oh yes, we get to see him run blah, blah, blah. And then um, I think uh, 
Darian Gumbawale, Marlon Mack, they all played a little bit beforehand. Even Rex Burkhead, Burkhead are, got in. Those are people who just exist so that they can have other running backs. None of those people are. are, right. are. I kind of can't believe he didn't play. And then, but so like, my point is like, as the game was going on, I'm starting to get sad. I'm like, man, the Texans still can't put this guy in. He's clearly the best running back on the team, and they're still making him run in like the second half. He just didn't come in. And then it was reported later during the game that the Texans had seen enough. And we've we seen think, everything we need yeah, to see. And they're like giving him the starters treatment. He's our starter. Like it hasn't officially been announced yet, but like all signs point to Damian Pierce. And this is like the most obvious thing they could do. Like he clearly was the most explosive physical downhill, big play running back um, on the team. And so it just makes all the sense in the world for them to do it. Now, as we said on the show, Last year, I believe the Texans ran the fewest times, the fewest number of rushes and the fewest yards. So just take that with a grain of salt. I do think their offense will probably be a little bit better. They've upgraded the offensive line in theory. Yeah. You ever win a scratch off lottery ticket and you get freak out and then you won like 20 bucks (laughs) and you're like, wow. So I paid five and I won 15, but now I have to like go do this. So it's sometimes no, like, I'm just yeah, going to spend so. it all on more scratch tickets. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, speaking of Texans, also Nico Collins looks good, good for them as a receiver. It's very like yeah. late round dart throw. It's super like a bench guy, but I'm coming around on Nico Collins. Um, he looked really good in this game. Uh, I don't think Brandon Cooks even played. So he was the de facto number one. He caught like a contested catch touchdown. Just looked really good, explosive, fast. Again, this isn't like a great, great offense, but Nico Collins could be. He, he has like a breakout potential for him this year. And then, well, enough about terrible, um, just while we're on just terrible teams in the AFC South, because we know exactly what gets people going. Christian Kirk for the Jaguars, who we love and is like one of our favorite sleepers. Just, I I think everyone's kind of caught up to us now, not to be a dick, but it's true. Christian Kirk is amazingly the guy that getting paid $18 million a year is going to be the number one receiver for the Jaguars. Yeah, I mean, like Zay Jones has been getting a lot of uh, hype in the preseason training camp, but Christian Kirk, I think... um, has always been the guy that they see as their de facto number one. That was more or less validated in this game, I thought. Like, he was kind of the go-to guy in this offense. He had um, five catches for 54 yards, plus a couple other plays that they just missed. Like, Lawrence overthrew him on these big crossing plays. Um, He played a bunch in the slot. He had eight targets. They played their starters for quite a while. Um, But yeah, to me, it was just validating that Christian Kirk is going to be a huge part of this offense. He's going to be a heavily targeted player. He almost kind of reminds me of a Brandon Cooks. Yeah. Like only fantasy terms only, but he, he reminds me of a, of a Brandon Cooks style fantasy player where he's uninteresting. He's on a team that might not be very good, but he is by far the number one option on the team and will get so many targets that will easily be fantasy relevant. Yeah. And Lawrence is going to be really good, I think. Probably not better than Davis Mills, who is the truth, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah. Good point. Uh, faller this week, uh, Tyquan Thornton for the Patriots. Mm. Broke his clavicle, so he's out for yeah, like. It sounds a like months. well, he injured his clavicle. I don't know exactly what happened, but he had to have surgery on. It. He's out for eight weeks. This really puts back like this is this throws off his entire mojo for because he was really starting to come on. He was starting to play with the ones. Um, there's a lot of buzz about him because he has that elite elite speed. Turns out maybe there's a reason that NFL teams are a little bit shy about drafting a guy who's like 170 pounds because he got mm. absolutely slammed to the ground. You're, you're body shaming him for the injury. <laughs> No, I'm body too skinny. Just say maybe too there's cor- maybe there's a correlation there. I don't know. We should like CD. call up Tyquan Thornton and be like, "Hey, you put on more muscle, like DK Dude, said. Well, this wouldn't happen." On this specific play, he caught the ball, and then a, a couple defenders came and essentially just freaking like suplexed him onto the ground and broke his clavicle. Uh, so that's tough. That's a, that's a tough situation. 
Another it, another negative mark for the wiry receivers that we're afraid to draft. Yeah. Damn uh, it. Anyway, Damn I'm it. excited for Bill Simmons to just text us now all the time about everything would have been different about the Patriots season if Tyquan Thornton hadn't gotten hurt. Uh, Josh Palmer for the Josh Palmer, geez. Josh Palmer for the Chargers. Yeah. Looked really good because they have Keenan Allen as the number one. They have Mike Williams. And then Josh Palmer is just like everyone's favorite, like just a very popular number three guy. DK, you love him as a receiver handcuff, which is like a fake, not real thing. Is that a thing? I don't even know if that's a thing, but it's, I think it's like worth taking late in the draft because he does have some standalone value in theory. This is a high volume passing offense. Um, you know, and he could make a big jump in the second year. He looked really good in this game. He was kind of doing all types of different things, going deep, um, you know, running screens, running little over routes, things like that. He was all over the field. And it was, it was encouraging because in, in preseason week one, he played a lot and he didn't look all that great. So this was a nice bounce back situation for him. And it kind of like makes me think he's still definitely a good sleeper this year. Um, we should give out pre-2022 fantasy season awards. And my award for Josh Palmer is the player who's going to be on the most fantasy teams during the season. <laughs> he seems like the perfect add him when your guys are on by. Play yeah. him. He has two catches for 50 yards. You drop him. And then somebody else picks him up the next week. <laughs> He's going to be on five different teams. Yeah. Yeah. He's kind of like a lucky penny and then you pick it up, but then you're like, I don't really want a penny. <laughs> put put it in the tip jar. He's just yeah. passed around. Uh, on the other hand, by the way, with the Chargers, the the running back situation here, the hand, like, I don't even know what you'd call it. It's not a handcuff because they're in theory, we, we believe there's a chance that the, the backup slash 1B running back in this Chargers offense has some value. For a while, we thought it was Isaiah Spiller because they drafted him out of uh, Texas A&M, and he looked like he had the potential to be pretty good. He right now is looking like he's the third guy on the depth chart behind Joshua Kelly and Larry Roundtree. And my God. Yes, it's true. Plus Eckler. Um, (laughs) Jesus. So, but like, I can't wrap my head around this. Like Joshua Kelly, no offense, great last name looks he's just he's not good like i can't i would never advocate for you drafting him even he, he's uh there's him. just one problem happy player <laughs> you're not any good like the only reason i'm still like halfway in on on isaiah spiller this year is because both kelly and roundtree are just like the definition of jags like you like they do nothing that makes me excited about football but that's dk's most cutting term which is just a guy so they must be doing all the small things well. Like they must be just like getting pass blocking and, yeah, and, and I being part so. of the offense. Yeah. Or they drafted them and they don't have anyone else. How could, how, uh, to, I, the, the, the most confusing thing to me is how the Chargers don't have any other good running backs behind Eckler. There's a million running backs that are good. Why didn't they just sign like Ronald Jones or something? The, exactly. There's like 17 running backs on like the Chiefs that are good. Like grab one of those guys. It's like these uh, these other teams could find running backs like out of the the USFL or whatever. Like find some good running back. It's not very hard. There's a fucking million of them. <laughs> I think the counter is that they they took Herbert and that's more important. I'll give them credit. I mean, they're they're good drafters. They're really good drafters. All right. Another one before we keep ranting about the Chargers four string running backs are too long. Uh Jahan Dotson for the Washington Commanders. Uh, God, I I hate calling them the Commanders cuz I just I know, it's, they sound so still dumb. hard to I just want to call remember. them the team. Jahan Dotson is the first rounder to Penn State, he's going to be a starter for them with Terry McLaurin. Mm-hmm. I really feel that way. The most slept on st- first round wide receiver in a long time. Literally no one talks about him. People have been very hesitant because he was like the fringe guy in the friend group because he wasn't really projected to be like a top tier first round receiver and then he got taken in the teens. But like, who cares? He got taken in the teens and he's probably going to start. Like, And so I can't really think of a better high upside receiver that you can get really to be like, like the last 
player on your bench or like the second last player on your bench. And you're like, oh, just get it. Like, again, I understand that I was just like crapping on the Washington and they're going to be bad and stuff. But, like, <laughs> I kind of don't care. Everything that I think makes J.D. McKissick a bad running back option because J- Carson Wentz doesn't check down makes Dotson a really good option because John Dotson's whole thing is like he's like a you ever see those videos of sharks jumping out of the water to eat seals in Shark Week like when they breach. That's what yeah. Jahan Dotson looks like when he goes for a football. Like he just like slow mo, like grabs everything. Like he his hands have like several layers of teeth, several like yeah. rows of teeth. <laughs> it's true though, dude. He has like the craziest sticky hands. It's insane. He I don't know how he catches some of these passes. And unlike um, Josh Palmer, I think Jahan Dotson is actually worth drafting on your team. He shouldn't be a waiver wire guy because mm-hmm. Josh Palmer kind of needs an injury to be relevant. Maybe he'll have a few spike weeks. Dotson does not need an injury to be relevant. He can be good. So he's worth st- stashing uh, on your bench, I think, for at least a quarter of the season just to see if he shakes out. 100% agree. 100% agree. I actually like, he's one of my favorite, he's another one of my favorite sleepers because like like I've said, no one's really talking about him. It's, it's just hard to get hyped up about that offense in general. Um, but everything we're hearing out of Washington camp is he has really good connection with Wentz. You can get him like with your last pick. He's free, basically. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just, he's an incredible value. Okay. I want to get into some tight ends because um, it's sad. But first, I just have a question for you. I don't know if it's a rise or faller. What the hell is with Kyler Murray and everything going on? Cliff Kingsbury <laughs> let Kyler Murray start calling plays in camp. And he literally, Cliff Kett said, because he wanted Kyler to see, you know, it's not that easy. Just call him plays. And then now Kyler making it look really easy to call plays because he had the headset during the preseason game for the Cardinals this weekend. And Kyler took the headset at like the end of the third quarter and he called two touchdown drives. Well, in the first week he went, he like called three straight punt drives. So he, I think he managed like yeah, negative three well. yards calling plays, but he well, it took him a week. Yeah. And my take on this is that the Cardinals are a dumpster fire and it looks really bad that they're doing this <laughs> because it's just like driving a wedge between the head coach and the starting quarterback. But I think that if Bill Belichick was doing this with Mac Jones, we'd call him a genius. <laughs> or you know what? I, I, if like the if if Patrick Mahomes was calling plays for the Chiefs and Andy Reid just gave him the headset for the second half, we would definitely all be like, oh, what a genius move. But it's Cliff and Kyler, so we're like, oh. <laughs> I also, I, yeah, I also enjoy that we're doing like results based process on this where we're like, oh, he scored two touchdowns in the fourth quarter against future CPAs. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> by the way, and I'm, I'm not like, I don't think I've ever defended Cliff, uh, Cliff Kingsbury, but like there was a play earlier in the game when Cliff was calling plays and they threw a touchdown pass and it just bonked off the freaking receiver's hands. I can't remember the name of the guy, but he like just straight up dropped a touchdown. So let's just, let's just calm down. It is funny. Uh, but I don't think it's meaningful. Why doesn't Kyler just switch to playing Madden? I feel like that could solve all the problems. <laughs> now he's putting his homework to use. Like He's a better chance <laughs> of winning a Super Bowl that way. Okay, we want to get to tight ends because, again, when you have to stream tight ends during the season, it's really like you're just buffering tight ends. So another guy who's like falling on this tight end ranking, because, you know, every year, as Craig says, it's like, you're like, well, everyone's late sleeper tight ends are terrible, except like mine is going to work out. Yeah. But this one, Albert Quabenom, Albert O, the Broncos tight end. It's not going well for Albert O, is it, DK? Heifetz can't pronounce penalty, but just loves tossing out Albert O's <laughs> last name as a flex. <laughs> it's kind funny. of like everyone who can get Giannis's last name perfect just says it every time. Albert O is not playing with the starters. That's the problem. Here, here's the deal. He, he is playing sort of with the starters, kind of, technically. However, it, well, if you count the people that start the game as the starters, the actual starters <laughs> for the team, including the quarterback... The running backs, all the wide receivers, and all the offensive linemen are not playing. And Alberto is playing into the fourth quarter. Like, 
there's some red flags happening here. Obviously, like, look, we the reason we like him is because um, he has a history of being very efficient based on like his routes run. Like he's a four four guy, very athletic, dynamic style uh, tight end. However, there's a lot of reasons to be starting starting to doubt whether he actually has true breakout potential. Number one, new coaching staff that didn't draft him or, or whatever. Like they don't necessarily have a specific plan for him. Um, number two, they did draft a tight end in the third round named uh, shit. What's his name? Dulcich. Greg, do- Greg Dulcich. Loved it. Love myself. Love love me some Greg Dulcich. He's been injured mostly throughout this uh, training camp. Um, but there's some like rumbling that they have a big plan for Dulcich and not Alberto. So we'll we'll just have to see how this all goes. Basically, I'm moving Alberto down based on the fact that he's still playing into the fourth quarter with like second, third, fourth teamers. You know, Nate Hackett came out and said he needs to get reps specifically, I think, for blocking. Um, but I don't know, man. Like, if there's one thing you can take away from from preseason, it's kind of like how the coaches use these guys and how long they use them. And and, and a lot of guys playing in the fourth quarter are just straight up not going to be playing in regular season games. Heifetz, this is your guy. This is I'm your one devastated. tight end that you've placed your flag on. Uh, is he still the guy? Is he no, still your late round dart throw? No, this is devastating. Like, if you have to take him really high, this isn't. I don't think this is quite worth it anymore. Can I give you a different dart throw now? Yeah, yeah. It's going to be Daniel Bellinger for the Giants. Let's go. I, San Diego State, Craig sniped me from in a draft the other day, and I texted him way too late at night because I was a little drunk, and I was like, I'll, I'll fucking You want to read what you texted me? It was horrific. It was the most rude thing. <laughs> I, like, I drafted Daniel Bellinger in round 29 of a dynasty, and Daniel, Daniel Heifetz texted me like, fuck you, burn in hell or something. Like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I was so mad. I just oh, no, I'm like joking around in. with Craig. I, I'm like literally joking around with Craig. I'm like, oh man, Craig, you snipe me. And Heifetz comes in with like, I hope you die. <laughs> Your mother sucks cocks in hell. <laughs> Everyone's That's an exorcism like, Jesus, quote for people man. who don't know that. Okay. <laughs> I don't I didn't just come up with that. <laughs> uh, Kate, can I, so I anyway, have a question? Yeah, Daniel Bellinger makes labor. What yeah. Heifetz? As a fellow Daniel, what's up with all the Daniels on the Giants? Can we get these guys to shorten their names? Danny, How many are Dan? there, two? Well, yeah. I can only well, think of two, but that's <laughs> more than third? enough. I can't even. Is, is Daniel Jones too, the too least many. talked about? Is, sorry, Daniel Jones. Is Daniel Bellinger the least talked about starting tight end in the NFL? Yes. I think That's actually why I bring him up. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb. I feel like 80% of the people listening to this didn't know he existed. It's probably our fault, but like it, he's this is this is a guy like if you're in a 12 team league, I would do him as the 12th tight end or like just throw mm-hmm. if you're like if you don't get one of those top 10 guys, and you're like, shit, I'm going to do this all year. Throw a dart or realistically, honestly, just have him as a priority waiver ad, because here's the thing. Reading the tea leaves with the Giants. Kenny Galladay looks iced like washed like Kenny Galladay's cooked. He's iced and cooked. That's bad. Well, yeah, I, I yeah, I, I don't know. I'm, it's I don't know. I can't speak English very well, but. Kadarius Tony, I don't think is going to stay in the field. Wandale Robinson, I think is going to be good bit slot. I think Daniel Bellinger <laughs> is going to be like low key, the second option on this on a weekly uh, at a weekly rate. Often the second option on this team. We always say we want a guy, a tight end who could be the number two option on a team. I'm not saying he will be over the whole season, but I think it's going to happen also. a lot on the week to week with Galladay and Tony not being able to play. I will. I, so, can yeah. I just throw out something as a uh, the devil's advocate because I actually do like Bellinger, Danny Bellinger, as I'm going to call him from now on. Um, he didn't didn't he just stone hands a pass and it get intercepted in this game early on? Just yes, he plonked, did, but the, plonked yes, right off did, his hands. It did in fact bonk off his fans. They have no one else to play <laughs> tight end. Like there's there's no option. There's a reason a rookie's playing tight end for them. I would yeah, usually never yeah. recommend a rookie tight end. It's 
he's going to do it. They've looked Ricky I'm not going to make the judgment based on one play. It's fine. It's fine. That's fine. It confirms your priors. Yeah. I like him. I like him. He's athletic. He, he's, you know, he went to San Diego State, so he's got the Craig thing going on. Yeah. yeah good vibes. That's a good list of two things. I'm one for one on SDSU guys. I got Penny. Took five years to work out, but he finally <laughs> did. And now I got yeah. Bellinger. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive. You can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. All right, TK, if you don't like Bellinger, then who else? Dude, okay, I'm not even kidding. Isaiah Likely looks like a future Hall of Famer. (laughs) Isaiah Likely for the Ravens. I'm going to clip this. He has come out of nowhere, you guys. Uh, he looks legitimately good. Like, I'm not, I'm, I was obviously joking about <laughs> the Hall of, Hall of Famer to legitimately good. I was obviously seconds. being a little like, too excited about that, but he the actually tight looks, end on the Ravens. He looks really, really solid. He had eight catches for 100 yards and a touchdown in the first half alone. He has now uh, caught all 12 of his targets. In the preseason for uh, 12 catches and 144 yards in a score. He's run 29 routes. This is from Dan Pizzuta. 29 routes, 41 per- or 40% target rate, and almost five yards per route run, which two, two yards per route run is like elite. He has it been incredible. Um, and if you want me to just like break it down, <laughs> you know how I picture him? Like he's like a high post guy. I don't even know if they do high post in the N- NBA anymore. Like remember the nineties when the they did Sonics a lot when they changed. do the high post guy, like you, you drop it into him at the high post, he like pivots and then he kind of just like slashes to the hoop or whatever. Like this yeah. is how this guy moves. He's, he's really good at finding the soft spot in the zone, catching the ball, pivoting, going upfield, getting extra yards after the catch. He's like added on a whole bunch of yards after the catch in, in uh, the preseason so far. All this is like sounding very hyperbolic. I understand that. But there's like a legit chance he's their number three receiver behind Bateman and uh, Mark Andrews. That, again, that might be not be like the most like high upside type thing because this is going to be a run heavy offense. They're probably going to funnel most of the passing game through Mark Andrews and, and Rashad Bateman. But I don't know, man. I'm, I'm definitely taking a dart throw on this guy in last round just because he's looked so incredibly good. And this is an offense that funnels targets to the tight end. Like, Lamar Jackson loves passing over the middle of the field. So, um, yeah, I don't know. He was re- very, very productive in college. He ran slow. This is actually, Heifetz, you probably love this because, like, you always get mad at me for talking about athletic tight ends. Like, he ran really slow. He was, like, in the four eights, which is typically a death knell for tight ends in the NFL. But the dude just, like, he has a knack. He's just, like, a really, uh, I don't know, quick mover. He's quicker than fast. I don't know. He's just really able to get open and run after the catch. So, we're going to do who that is, which is the preseason standout guys that um, <laughs> definitely are not on our top 200 guys uh, that Deacon insists to us are vaguely uh, relevant. And so we're going to do, <laughs> once again, 
<laughs> two preseason standouts that a lie. So DK is going to give us a little lightning round on like three people who stood out in the preseason. One of them is fake. And DK, uh, Craig and I have to figure out which ones are fake. All right. Number one. Wide receiver. Cavante Turpin. Turpin. Sorry. From the Cowboys. Cavante? Cavante <laughs> uh, Turpin from the okay, Cowboys. I don't think you made this one up. Yeah. Former MVP <laughs> of the USFL, New, New Jersey Generals. He returned a punt and a kickoff for touchdowns this week for the Cowboys. Ridiculous. Super small guy. He's like 170 pounds, but he's explosive. Um, maybe he makes his way in as like a slot receiver. I don't know. They need guys. A lot of injuries in the Cowboys uh, receiver core. Who knows? Number two. Tight end Jody Fortson of the Chiefs. <laughs> two touchdowns. Patrick Mahomes this week. Just like a red zone monster. Kind of like his deal. I love that Mahomes just plays in the preseason every year, by the way. Just throws like <laughs> 20 passes Dude, Mahomes in Mahomes is just out there. He's like going to like some, you know, uh, like pick, pick up basketball in New York or something. Just He's just dominating. like working, guys. Sean McVay keeps his guys in bubble wrap and then Patrick Mahomes <laughs> is out there taking <laughs> shots. Yeah. Number three, receiver Michael Bandy of the Chargers. He was uh, he had nine catches, sixty nine yards, and a touchdown on Sunday. He has now caught fifteen passes for one hundred forty two yards and two touchdowns in two preseason games. Just going off against third stringers. I know that Turpin's real because he's made the rounds on social media for his yeah. returns. Yeah. I'm going to go with yeah. Michael Bandy. I, yeah, Turpin's real because there's no way you made up a name that you then could not pronounce. <laughs> Jody Fortson is real because if he yeah, were fake, that. Jody Fortson, if he were real, or, or sorry, if, if Jody Fortson were fake, you would have made up a stat line, but you didn't. So Jody Fortson's real. Michael Bandy just sounds like you couldn't think of anything. So you just wrote Bandy like Michael. You Bandy. also wrote that he had he had eight targets, but nine catches. So <laughs> I think I wrote that. In. I think I uh, trans. <laughs> what is it where you like mess up the transcription? Yeah. Um, Clerical error. Typo. Here, here's the typo. deal. Craig, I can't believe this, man. Michael Bandy, they're all real. First of all, <laughs> trick question. Cool. Uh, but Michael Bandy, I believe, is San Diego State alum. Oh, Wait, Hold on, let me check what? this. <laughs> no, he was not. Michael he played college Bandy football at San Diego. USD, University of San Diego. <laughs> okay. I would Thank known. God, Craig, because I was about to get yeah. mad. Michael Bandy's out of here like, I didn't go to state. Here, here's the deal. I've never heard of this guy. Uh, but apparently he's just going off. <laughs> Is he the first NFL player from USD? God, like I've never heard of anybody who goes to <laughs> University of San Diego. <laughs> I didn't know that was a thing. Um, Cavante Turpin. How many touchdowns do you think a guy needs to score in preseason to guarantee he makes the team? Like five? Five. Well, he's, five he's the making the team. Like, he's their returner. And But I, but was he prior to the preseason or no? Oh, I'm like, not sure. I guess That's as a, a kick question. returner, yeah. how many kicks do you actually need to return for a touchdown in the preseason to lock in your spot as, the, as to usurp the starter? Oh, yeah, two. 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 Do you two. think it's two? Which yes. he did. Definitely yes. two. It's very <laughs> difficult to return a kick for a touchdown now. Yeah. If, if he gets cut... Dallas fans are going to absolutely riot. No, like it's going to. But also, don't draft him in fantasy to be abundant. No, do not. Draft no, no. Him. We just and like talking about this guy. By the way, can we bring up Lance Motherfucking McCutcheon again? Do we have to? Rams. This guy went off again. He had uh, five catches McCutcheon. for ninety-six yards. McCutcheon. Mc, as Mina Kimes likes to say, McClutchin. Nice. Get it? Like clutch? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, I did get it. Well, I was just checking. You it know. was close, but I got it. <laughs> Really think so this it. guy, so yeah. Lance Lance McCutcheon's good. He had a lot of good stats in the preseason game. He's going to be the fifth receiver for the Rams. Don't take him. Is that where we're going? Yeah, uh, yeah, pretty much. Okay, cool. Want to do some emails? Let's do yeah. it. All right. <laughs> More freaking emails about the lighting the farts on fire. I am 
I am shocked at how many people light their farts on fire. We really knew our demographic on this one. It's stunning. How oh, this many people tried this? Matt writes, under the influence of jackass and alcohol, my friends and I decided to try and light our farts on fire. The first person to try this pulled his pants and underwear down and successfully lit the fart. However, ah, we learned what? that the flame tends to go outward <laughs> and then the flame gets sucked back. Considering my friends and I don't wax that area of our bodies, it ended in singed butt hair. And oh, learning from this Lord. experience, I decided to keep my underwear on while lighting my fart. And it turned out to be a much safer way to play with fire. Near yeah, no shit, man. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> to be honest with you, I think this is an important email, and I'm really glad that we told the people about this because we're going to potentially safety. we're going to save a lot of butt hairs because <laughs> I could see myself when I was like 20 years old being under the influence of jackass and alcohol and not keeping my underwear on. So, even when I was like at my drunkest, I don't think I would ever let me or certainly any of my drunk friends hold fire near my butt. <laughs> Do you, are you guys like showing each other your buttholes to your friends a lot? Like no, <laughs> not a lot. Keep the underwear on. That's what I'm saying. It's just like that's the easy answer. Listen, it's happened, but I'm not going to say <laughs> a lot. Situations <laughs> happen. Things come up, but you know, generally not on purpose. Anyway, thank moving, you for moving uh, on. Thank you for that safety. Keep the no, underwear on. Helpful. Yeah, <laughs> for a lot of reasons. From Scott, Scott writes us. Yeah, we fantasy quarters in session here. All right. Scott says that in his draft, did his draft this weekend due to some travel issues. Basically, they had to do an online. They did their the online auction, their salary cap draft, and it, they had to do it 15 seconds to nominate a player, 15 seconds to bid. So very hectic. And he says our longtime commissioner placed a two dollar bid on J.K. Dobbins, and like this is a league with a three hundred dollar budget, so mm. it's pretty crazy. Two dollar bid on J.K. Dobbins. Several people were trying to frantically place bids but could not. The count, the time. The ticker was rapidly counting down and the bid was frozen at $2. Several league members posted in the chat, can't bid, pause the draft, can't bid, pause the draft. The commissioner who put the bid in goes radio silent for about 10 minutes. <laughs> oh, the draft continues. And that. several of the people also texted the commissioner privately to say that, you know, hey, like that frozen Jakey Dobbins, we should do that. The commissioner finally answers and says, too bad, not reversing the pick. I can't go back. Sucks the suck. Uh, and then afterward, he finally paused the draft. They vote on it. Seven people are like, that was bullshit. Four people are like, too drunk and they don't care. So they go and they do it again. <laughs> They're lightning and farts. Then, and then the commissioner says, basically, he's going to quit and he will be out of league next year. And then Scott writes, the league has been together since 1998. Holy and shit. And we have mostly all been very good friends, like been in each other's wedding party good friends. <laughs> Were we wrong to suggest this because we were stunned that his that he refused to reverse the pick of what was obviously a mistake? Are we wrong or was the commissioner being immature for quitting because he got J.K. Dobbins for two dollars? Well, so <laughs> apparently also so they drafted using CBS and they all are, were fully aware, apparently, that you can, in fact, pause the draft at any time and picks can be reversed. And they voted seven out of 12 people voted to go back and redo the draft starting with Dobbins again. And then the commissioner said, fine, I'll reverse it. But this is my last year in the league. I felt Ugh. like there are deeper things with this friend group because no <laughs> one just is like, would you get Jake? If you get like a starting running back for two dollars in the middle of a draft and that everyone's like texting you and you actually have texts that are like, hey, the draft is frozen. And you're just like, quit. My recommendation is to give this a week. This guy seems a bit hot and heated in the moment. It's like, you know, they say like, write, write an angry letter and throw it away. Like come back in like 10 <laughs> days to this guy. And I imagine he'll 
cooler heads will prevail, and I, hopefully he won't threaten to leave the league over two Can I put this in perspective? J.K. Dobbins was, like, born in 1999, and these people <laughs> have been friends since 1998. Probably not worth throwing away. So that means, I mean, these guys are, like, what, 40s, 50s? Yeah. I think, I think, do your best to not let this guy leave the league. You don't want to disrupt lifelong friendships. Just kind of, you know, let him calm down, give it a week or so, and then, and then see if he can be a bit more reasonable. Also, let him have him. Like, Jackie Dobbins could get hurt again this year, so it's fine. <laughs> wow, I can't believe you guys, you guys are, uh, like ruling in his favor. I guess you're ruling in the league's favor. You're doing you're doing what's best for the the health. Well, no. Of the to be league. clear, the commissioner's being a little bitch. Like, yes. It's ridiculous. Okay. Thank you. I wanted. I I need that on the record. Okay. I'm saying that the commissioner. I think in a few weeks will say, okay, fine. We'll restart the draft at the cooler Dobbins. heads. I, will I agree. I, I agree with Craig. Like, he, just because you're saying it in August doesn't mean actually next year he's going to quit this fantasy league, and which will be their 25th season next year, won't it? That's right. I mean, everybody gets mad in the moment. People have thrown remote controls after losing a Madden game and said shit to friends. This happens at least once in every draft, right? Like yeah. if you're doing an online draft, this happened in uh, one of the bid the bid style drafts that I did this weekend uh, where the commissioner, in fact, he, he started freezing or whatever while he was bidding. And this is a super flex league. He was just bidding people up on a third quarterback. He already had two, like, he already spent like 100 out of $200 on his two quarterbacks. And then he bid up this other one and he froze and he, and he accidentally won a third quarterback, Dak Prescott. And so like 80% of his budget was like down on quarterbacks or whatever. And so he just like went with the flow. He didn't change it because he, but he was a commissioner. He could have, and like in theory, like we all would have been like, that's fine, whatever. But this happens in every draft. It's just up to people. It's just up to like A, the commissioner and P, like the, the group to like figure out the best, the best method of like fixing it. Sometimes it's Get over funny. it, dude. All right. You, it's not you that big of a gotten- fucking deal. Yeah. You wouldn't have gotten him for $2. So go back and redo the draft. <laughs> All right. Court dismissed. Bring in the dancing lobsters. Okay. We have three more episodes coming this week. We've got the mailbag. We have some special episodes coming down the pipe for everyone. Um, check out fantasy football at the ringer.com. Email us at ringerfantasyfootball at gmail.com. Please email us. We have a mailbag. Check that out. And then also just email us questions. We will try to get back to as many people as we can. And I believe that's all we got. Thank you to everyone who emailed us. Thank you to, I mean, thank you for all the people who emailed us about lighting their farts on fire for admitting that like they've stopped. Like, thank you for not doing that anymore. <laughs> but thank you, you for the content. Yeah. Yeah. They could be lying. They're they still could, doing yeah. it. They still do At least it. they're doing it with their underwear on though. Oh, wait, that reminds me. You remember the guy last week who emailed us and said, um, it was lighting his fart on fire. And he, but he was like, but my wife had to go get Target, go to Target, get me pants because we were out. And we were like, where were you? He said he was like at his sister's place. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm like, I, he was at church. I, I have more questions. I'd love to know. I, I'd love to get like a, like a ranking of the underwear that is the most conducive for lighting your farts on fire. Like which underwear <laughs> is porous enough to let Silk. enough gas through yeah. and which is not. Right. It's kind of right. like if you want to make a milkshake, you should have cheaper ice cream because the, the fat content in good ice cream is actually not good for a milkshake. Like that is, no. that is good quite the metaphor. Um, is that right? Yeah. So it's like cheaper underwear. But wait, go back to the milkshakes. So cheaper ice cream is a higher fat content, which makes for better milkshakes or the no, opposite? No, I believe the way it works is that like a better ice cream, like haagen is going to have like better fat, like higher, higher quality, like better fat. That's what makes it rich. Is haagen high quality ice cream in your mind? Is that? Top, I mean, compared to, to like what, like Turkey Hill or Briars? Yeah, I think so. Like, Kirk, like if you buy like supermarket store brand, like Kirkland ice cream, yeah, Hagen is way better. Yeah, 
Or like a Jenny's. Yeah, I was thinking like Jenny's Van Leeuwen salt and straw level stuff. Haagen-Dazs is so fancy, they made up a fake name that doesn't mean anything to sell ice cream at a higher price. Where do you Did put you know Ben that? and Jerry's? Yeah, but whatever. The point is, you actually like a lower quality ice cream, it will mix better because of the fact. To me, I think Haagen-Dazs, Ben and Jerry's, that's the middle tier. Okay, well, you live in freaking Los Angeles and like people are paying You live in 16- Washington, D.C. Yeah, what are you talking about? people are $16 for a pint of Jenny's. It's out of control. That's like the crazy- I bet you a scoop of ice cream in D.C. is the same, at a salt and star or Jenny's is the same price as it is in LA. Yeah, but like that- what are we arguing about? Yeah, Haagen-Dazs is expensive. I feel like this is a very normal corner to be on. I just, I don't know why I never put Haagen-Dazs up, up in those ranks. But really? Right. I think so. How much, how much is like a pint of Haagen-Dazs coffee? Isn't it like $9? I always thought Haagen-Dazs was just like kind of one of the like large chainy ice cream places in my mind. I'm looking. I don't know. Can we, we need to get someone to send us like a diagram of the, the ice cream brands like someone did with the car companies. You know, like who, like the high-end version of Toyota is Haagen-Dazs. We need that now. Thank you. Yeah. I, I, I could be wrong, but DK, didn't, don't you also think of Haagen-Dazs as like an expensive ice cream? Yes. I think it's oh. like fancy. All right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, all right. That's all we got. Thank you, DK. Thank you, Craig. Thank you, Haagen-Dazs. The coffee is incredible. Thank you, Lauren. Lauren. Thank you, Mace. Remember him? Oh, yeah. Okay. Mace? <laughs> How old are you? You Who's don't remember that? Mace? How do we spell Mace? Uh, M-A-S-E, I think. Was yeah, there Mace. a dollar sign in there for a little bit? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He was like, uh, he's a rapper. P. Diddy, yeah, Puff Daddy like recruited him, and he was like big for a while there in the '90s, or I think the '90s. Yeah, hmm. and then he became a gospel singer, I believe. He kind of yeah. pivoted. Yeah, yeah. His name is Mason Betha, formerly known as Mace. You're Did he, what is he doing? Gospel know, music? Though. Is that right? Mace is famous, Greg. Mace is famous. Yes. What uh, name it? Mace song. No money, more problems. That's a Mace song. What are you talking about? Isn't that Biggie? No, it's Puff Daddy. Well, he's on it though. Yeah, he's on. Yeah, he's on. It's he's like the feature. Okay, but that's not a Mace song. Oh, oh, okay, it's really <laughs> fat. Mother, that's a fame. Oh, I don't even want. So, Mo Money is Notorious B.I.G. featuring Mace and Diddy. Okay, so there we go. Name a Mace song where he's not third on the depth chart. <laughs> He's the sixth man. He's like the Antonio the Gibson of like the- He's the fucking Josh <laughs> Kelly of that song. <laughs> oh, man. I th- this is, I that was funny, but like also Mace is extremely famous. Craig, you should be ashamed of yourself for not knowing. All right, that. fine. Say, name yeah, a Mace yeah, song, like- guys. I'm, I'm just asking, <laughs> name gotten, a Mace song. I've gotten more shit. <laughs> I've gotten way more shit for not knowing um, less famous people. <laughs> I, I was got shit for not knowing who Stan gets. Craig's was. like still okay. I'm still waiting. Jazz name no a way. fucking name song. a Mace song. <laughs> he's that he's so famous. Oh, name if you know so Mace much songs. about Ma- if you know so much about Mace, why don't you name five of his songs? Yeah, <laughs> why don't you marry him? <laughs> There's a great TikTok series of somebody going up to people wearing. Did I say this in the pod? Of somebody wearing band T-shirts like a Led Zeppelin oh, shirt. No, it's like some this. woman in a supermarket. He's like, name three Led Zeppelin songs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, people don't know the names of songs. No, the names of songs are hard. No, there's also like four bands that just like look great on a t-shirt and everybody wears them in their mainstream now. And it has nothing to do with the band. I went to a Billy Joel concert with my girlfriend last week and she was like, do you know Vienna? And I was like, no. And then Vienna came on. I was like, yeah, I know this song. What are you guys? Mace? Of course I know Mace. Name a song? <laughs> Craig, well, I bet if you heard a Mace song, you'd recognize it. Perhaps. Mo money, mo problems. It's been five minutes. Not a single one of you has named a Mace song. <laughs> I'm looking at a Spotify thing. I don't recognize any of them. Of course. (laughs) (laughs) 
I also don't recognize. Fuck you guys, dude. Voice. That's because he was always featured on. He never okay. like you know. All right. So just yeah, it's like chill. The, the, the Trey songs. All right. Goodbye, everyone. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. When I went on my last holiday to Cape Town, it was amazing. My friends were there, the weather was phenomenal, and most importantly, the food was fantastic. But one thing I struggled with was finding the right places to stay. You know, all I want is a great bed, a fantastic shower, and breakfast that doesn't end at 8 a.m. I'm on holiday, I'm still sleeping. I also like ease, and the Hotels.com app easily helps me to find a perfect hotel for every trip. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly getaway or a relaxing spa weekend, on the Hotels.com app, you can compare up to five hotels side-by-side. Now, why would you want to do that? So you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings. And best of all, you don't have to switch back and forth between options. See? Ease. So, start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.